You're listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Hang around after the sermon for more information about Mission Ridge Church. Sermon notes for this message or any of our other messages can be found through our website, missionridge.church. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoy the message. Uh, We are starting a brand new series called Stewards. And uh, Logan worked on this graphic. This is uh, a work of art. Uh, We believe that there's a lot of different areas for us to steward that God is that this is a calling. This is a four-week series, and then we'll move into uh, the Lent season. And during Lent, we'll be talking about what it means to, to get closer to God. And, and so I'm looking forward to that conversation starting in March. But, um, you know, if, if the church is going to talk about st- us being stewards or talk about stewardship, there's going to be some, some groaning and I thought maybe we should just get that out now. Let's just let's go ahead and groan and and just and then of course, if the church is going to talk about stewardship, we got to talk about tithing. And so we thought we'd put the token tithing slide up there. Um, now, tithing is a part of stewardship. All right. We will press on. <laughs> you guys, do we want to go back to the tithing slide and do some groaning there too? I mean, the church is talking about tithing and stewardship. We'll just get that all out. I, um, I think I was about 24 years old when I first heard this idea, this concept that we're called the stewardship. And I think it was, I was talking to Christy, I think it was related around the uh, Purpose Driven Life series that our our pastor did, I think in 94, uh, just about every pastor in America uh, did a Purpose Driven Life series. We all had to read the book. Uh, It was good stuff. I wish I could find my book uh, because I I think uh, Rick Warren is a very, he's very practical um, rubber meets the road. I love that about him. And, and the one story that I remember from that series or that, that particular conversation about stewardship, our pastor in Spokane, he had, uh, his family had lake property, one of the tiny lakes up north of Spokane. And uh, he had a, a, a single wide trailer on the property and 50-foot pine trees that surrounded it, and there was a couple that were dying, and he was afraid that the wind was going to blow the wrong way and, and take out the trailer, like just right down the middle. So he had an, a guy come in, were they arborists, come in, and, and that was during the time when, when people would tie themselves to the trees, remember, so that people couldn't, couldn't log, companies couldn't log, and we called them tree huggers. And, and Bob, Pastor Bob, asked this guy, he says, are you a tree hugger? You know, joking. He says, absolutely. He goes, but when I hug the tree, I mean it, because he's climbing up 50 feet up in the air and, and hugging the tree to get up there. And so not very spiritual, 
I realize that. But that's, that sermon made me start to think about my responsibility to be a steward. Uh, Dr. Dave Baker took me up to Pine Haven, up towards St. Ignatius, and I, I was given a tour. And if you've ever been up there, raise your hand if you've been up to Pine Haven. It's an uh, orphanage. They work with, uh, well, it's kind of like an orphanage. They work with kids. Uh, the kids live there year-round, and they, they live in a home, and they, and they learn how to work. Uh, they're totally self-sufficient in that, like they grow their own food, they, they raise their own cattle, they, they cut their own logs. Everything is heated through uh, fireplaces. They, they, they cut cords and cords and cords of wood. It's a, it's a self-sustaining ecosystem that they've created. And these kids get to engage in, in all this and like get to, right? They're stewards. They're being trained to be stewards. One of the things I found fascinating and I really loved is that they, they cut logs off of their own property. Well, they sent a couple guys down to University of Montana to take some classes on forestry management. And 10 years later, they, they have less disease amongst their trees, and they actually have more trees today than they did 10 years ago, and they cut down a ton of trees every year. It's phenomenal. It's just cords and cords and cords. I don't know if, how many cords of wood they go through, but they are doing a fantastic job one man's opinion, uh, of stewarding God's creation. The whole idea of stewardship starts out in Genesis 2. We see this, uh, the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. And if we think about Genesis 1, we are told that we are to rule over creation. We are to steward. And so it's not just the people in this room that say, yep, I've, I follow Jesus. It's not just us who are called to steward the land. It's, it's every human being has that calling. Now, some of us do a great job and some of us have a lot, a lot of work to do um, by the just sheer amount of garbage that's you know, found on the highway. The uh, the psalmist says this, as he, as he reflects on this call of stewardship, what is man that you take thought of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than God and you crown him with glory and majesty. You make him rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heaven and the fish of the sea. Whatever passes through the paths of the seas, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And it's actually that same line, that last line is how he starts off this psalm. And, and, and it's just like, God, you are so big and you're so majestic and you entrust something precious 
to us. And so when I was 24 years old, that was the first time I, I really started to question. I really started to wrestle. What does it mean for me to steward creation well? To do my part? I mean, we probably all changed the oil at some point and, you know, missed the bucket and just maybe looked past it and or help the rest of the bucket to dump over too. <laughs> or, I, and I, it's frustrating to me, uh, Moscow, Idaho was fantastic at, 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 at helping families recycle. And, and Missoula, why, why can't we get this figured out in this town? That it drives me crazy. Um, and so I have to work even harder to be a good steward to recycle. And I'm, I don't always put the energy and the effort in that I think I should. But what's, what's my part? What's our part in stewarding this creation well? Because of anybody who's going to steward this world well, it should be Christ followers. It should be us. And so the first area that we believe as a church that we should be stewards is is creation. It, it goes clear back to Genesis, right? And then there's resources. Did you know that that 15% of everything that Jesus ever talks about, he talks about money. In fact, it's his number one conversation out of all the conversations. And 40% of his parables, 40%, center around this idea of stewarding resources. We're going to look at a parable. Uh, we're going to look at this week and next week. We'll have uh, different purposes for this parable this week and next week. But let's take a look at this parable in chapter 25. For it is, like, it is just like a man about to go on a journey. I don't know if you know your Matthew and where this falls in the place, but Jesus is just about to go on his own journey. Maybe that's why he's telling this parable to his disciples at this time. He called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To the one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and he went on his journey. Now, I, I know we like to wrestle over, man, why, why five and why two, why one? And, and that's a great conversation. In fact, we'll probably talk about that more in footnotes because five, two, and one from a Jewish mindset will get you thinking about different things than what we think about. We're thinking about, like, how much money is a talent? Well, in rough numbers, five talents is $5 million. So, this is valuable. As valuable as creation was in the Garden of Eden, as valuable as David could see the creation around him, and as a king, he had to steward his, his kingdom well. $5 million, $2 million, $1 million. We'll talk about in footnotes how we get to that number. Um, it's not an exact science because... Talents are different places, different times, all that kind of stuff. But rough numbers, big dollars. 
more than he's given me in any one day. Uh, Immediately, the one who had received the five talents went and traded them immediately. Love that. That's some like gumption. And gained five more talents. You start out with five million dollars and ends up with ten million dollars. In the same manner, the one who'd received the two talents gained two more million dollars. But isn't that an amazing three-letter word? But it's like my kids come to me and say, Dad, I did everything that you asked. But Parents don't like that word. (laughs) Bosses don't like that word. Boss, I did everything that you asked, but. Same thing here. You know it's not going to be good. But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Interesting. The master entrusted his possessions, but then had expectations. Had expectations of those stewards. The one who'd received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me, see... I have gained five more talents. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You are faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. You are faithful with $5 million. That's a little thing. I'm going to entrust you with heavier, weightier things, the master says. And also the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have gained two more talents. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid and went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. Did did he really have what was his? Did he really have what, what should have been his? Because as the story goes on, the master's going to say, you should have at least put it into the bank. Uh, I don't know, what's inflation rate right now? Like 6 7% across the board. Uh, my wife, because she is very good at her job, she gets a 3% raise each year. She's based off of that raise, she's not keeping up. This guy buried the talents in the ground, the talent, in, and, a, and a long time passes. 
10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, how much is that dollar bill worth? It's losing ground all the time. The master entrusted his resources, everything that we have, everything that we're able to do. These cell phones, like the, the, the amazing technology, the things that we could do, this, this thing is more powerful than, than how they, the computer that they use to fly to the moon. And it sits in my back pocket until I'm walking on ice and I move it to my front pocket in case I fall down. Everything that we have, everything that we're able to do is because of God. And, you know, to be or not to be, that is not the question. We don't, if, if, you, if you said yes to Jesus Christ, this parable is written, it's spoken, it's for you. It's for me. We are all stewards if we're part of the kingdom. There's these parables, we talked about this. These parables are about what it means to live in a right relationship with God. And so what, what are we doing? What's our part? Now, we'll talk about the motivations of that, of that last servant next week and how that plays, because that's an important conversation. Because sometimes, sometimes we are afraid. Sometimes we have wrong perspectives. And, and that'll get in the way of how we steward things. But, but this week, I just want to talk about the fact that we are called to steward our resources, our, our income, our, our houses. We, I need to be a good steward of my house. Like I need to paint things. I need to pull weeds. Ugh. I need to keep things going. Otherwise, I can't, I can't use those resources for, for God's kingdom. I can't help the kingdom move forward. My career, my, my inheritance, my retirement plan. You know, I love what Rick Warren says. He says, you are the manager or steward of what God allows you to have while you're here. But it's not really yours. When you understand that, you're just a manager of the blessing God allows in your life and you hold them, you will hold them with an open hand and you won't be uptight about losing them. You won't have to fear, maybe, because it's a partnership. It's a partnership that I have with the Father. It's a partnership I have with Jesus Christ as I steward the things that he's given me. And so have you, have you thanked him? Have you thanked him for the house that you live in? Have you thanked him for the raise that you received? Have you thanked him for the cars you get to drive? I mean, I've been all over this planet. Not everybody gets to live like we do. And you realize that the issue on this planet is not a lack of resources. We could feed everybody with plenty if people would just store the resources well. 
from us clear up to Bezos. I mean, I think he will be held accountable for how he does or does not steward things. But that doesn't negate my responsibility, nor yours. Have you ever asked the question, God, how do you want me to leverage what you've graciously given me? Have you had that conversation with God? And so that's the second area. We've got creation, we've got resources, but we also believe we need to steward ourselves. In 1 Corinthians, Apostle Paul says this, do you not know that, that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? I don't want to say that too quickly. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that when Christ was crucified, the veil that separated, that only the, the high priest would, would go past, and they would tie a rope to his ankle in case something went wrong, and we're talking about like six inches of fabric, so you didn't accidentally see into the Holy of Holies, that veil that separated God from everybody else except for the high priest once a year, that veil was torn apart because the Holy Spirit, God's spirit doesn't rest there anymore. He chooses you. He chooses your body. We should think about that like that should awe us. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Now this passage is talking about our, our, our sexual conduct, and, it, and, and it's true there. But, but you know what? My blood pressure has been out of control for a year. I ignored a letter from my insurance company offering me a, a, a home testing unit so I could check my blood pressure and see if I could do something about it. It was on my desk for a year. I, I started paying attention when, when Ron started dealing with his medical stuff and he was like, yeah, I, I ignored it. I started paying attention, and so now I, I'm, I'm figuring out my salt intake. I have to read every package. I like, can't eat that. All right. It's amazing how two different breads can be such a wide. Uh, my coffee intake, man, I love coffee. Just got to slow that down. I'm from A cups to A cup. Um, I'm cardio, because I can't, I can't move the kingdom forward if I, don't, if I don't take care of, if I'm in the hospital all the time, if I'm dead. I can't help the kingdom move forward from the grave. And there's some things that are out of our control, but the things that are within our control, we should steward. We should steward those things. Our emotional health, our, our, our education, 
my grandmother was in her 60s when she learned how to transcribe uh, medical transcription. She went back to college in her 60s. Awesome. We should live like we're going to live. Christy keeps, you know, keeps saying, yeah, I, I've always thought 50 was old. I'm 51, so that tells you what she thinks of me. Um, we all had that perspective when we were, you know, 49. But uh, happy birthday this weekend. But uh, we all had that perspective when we were young. That, oh, 50, that's old. That's when you retire and you stop doing things. No. I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to steward myself so that I give you the best me possible. I give my wife the best me possible. My kids, the world around me, the best me possible. I will invest in myself emotionally, spiritually, physically, so that as long as I'm on this earth, I could help move God's kingdom forward because we are stewards. And the fourth area is our relationships. Our relationships. Paul, Paul or Peter actually says this, as each of us, each one of us has received a special gift. He's talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The, uh, the word is pokaloidus for manifold, many colored. Polka dots is where we get the word polka dots. The many colored grace of God. How do our friends, how do the people that we're in relationship, the people that we work with, the people we live next to, our best friend, our kids, our parents, how do they experience the manifold, the, the multicolored grace of God? It's through you. It's through you. That's the primary means of us experiencing grace. It's through people. We need to steward our relationships. You know, sometimes, sometimes we feel like there's certain places we could talk about our, our faith and other places we can't. You know, and I, I know Michael, he works, he works for the government. I worked for the federal government for 20 years. And people try to tell me that uh, the chief that passed away yesterday or this week, but we celebrated his, uh, his, his passing. We celebrated his life this this week, uh, my first chief master sergeant that I served under in the military, he told me one time, he goes, you can't talk about your faith. We have a separation of, of church and state. Great guy, but wrong. <laughs> he was wrong. Because I have to steward those relationships well, too. Those people need to know about Jesus. Those people, and, 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 you know, sometimes we think that the best way we could serve somebody is, is, you know, sharing scripture with them. Like, what do we see Jesus do first? He heals people. 
Jesus always started with healing before he ever preached a message. The way we love people and serve them, that's the best message we could ever preach. It opens the door for every other conversation. So I'm not just talking about like knowing scriptures and memorizing it so you could spread that all over the place. Like I think that's good. But we need to steward our relationships. How am I doing? Are there, are there certain people that are dying on the vine because of the way we choose to relate with them? Or they're dying on the vine regardless of what we do. Maybe we need to find a different tactic to come alongside them to steward them. Sometimes we have to hold people accountable, but sometimes we've got to just change up the game, right? Isaiah talks about the Holy Spirit this way in Isaiah 32. And I don't think I, I think this is one I added, so this is not in your notes. So it's Isaiah 32, 15 through 18. And he says, until the spirit is poured out upon us from on high and the wilderness becomes a furrow field and the furrow field is considered a force, then justice will dwell in the wilderness and righteousness will abide in the furrow field. And the work of righteousness will be peace and the service of righteousness, quietness and confidence forever. Then my people will live in peaceful habitation and in secure dwellings and in undisturbed resting places. How will we know that the Holy Spirit is working through us in this community? They'll live in peaceful habitation. There'll be, there'll be righteousness, quietness, confidence. Does that sound like Missoula? Or do we need some more Holy Spirit? Do we need some more manifold grace of God through his people? So that our neighbors will live in peaceful habitation, quietness, confidence. I mean, when the number one issue of a community is housing, maybe God's spirit, God's work isn't done. Maybe we haven't moved God's kingdom forward enough within this community. I'm praying for all the churches. Praying for all the churches. I want every church just to balloon up because so many people are coming to Christ. I, Mark and I, we don't compete against each other. We, we support each other. We root each other on. I want to see him baptize thousands. And me, ten thousands. Or the other way, I don't care. I mean, 10,000, I'd be like, whatever you want to do there, Lord. Like, I just want to baptize people. And I want to see our community know what kind of amazing God we serve because his people were stewards of everything they have to bring him glory. And then the last thing that we are to steward is the gospel. Colossians, or I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 4.1. Let a man regard us in this manner. Let the people of Missoula regard us in this manner as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. We are called to be stewards of the gospel. We're not just recipients. You know, this isn't a one-way street. This isn't 
you know, my life is blessed. Now I'm going to go, go off into the wilderness and, and hide from, from humanity because, man, are they bad. I was like them. I was a crappy person. But, man, am I glad I'm saved. Now I'm getting the heck out of here. I mean, if that was the plan, if that was the goal that God would save us, he could just pull us right out of here. We would just shoot right up to heaven. Jesus, I love you. Gone. Into the waters. Like, I don't know who's doing the baptizing at that point, but I mean, that could have been the plan, but it wasn't. Paul could have learned about the gospel, ran away from Jerusalem because they were pursuing his life and hid himself. But he didn't. And, and look what Paul did before he ever took his first missionary journey. 14 years. He's studying the scriptures. We know that because he just quotes them left and right. He knew his scriptures. He could argue with anybody if, if arguing was the need. But he, he needed the scriptures for himself first. He need, we have to steward the scriptures for ourselves first. And, and, and praying. He talks about prayer all the time. Look at his letters to the churches. I'm praying for you. This is how I'm praying for you. I adopt his prayers for myself when I'm praying for you. He prayed. And he worshiped. We can see that in the book of Acts where he gets thrown in jail, falsely accused, beaten. I'd be groaning and moaning in the corner and he's worshiping. That was him stewarding the gospel for himself first. And then he takes it to the world. Without the Paul, so Paul, you and I probably are not talking about Jesus today. Or not. If he would have just isolated, gone all Essene on us, hid away in Qumran, read the scriptures daily. There's an option that he didn't think he could take. Because he says, I'm a steward of what's been given to me. It doesn't just benefit me. It benefits everybody. It's, it's trickle-down Jesus. For those of you who remember Reagan, economics. It's not supposed to stop at us, guys. The gospel is not supposed to stop here. It's supposed to continue on. It's supposed to emanate out. I believe that Missoula can absolutely be changed if we would choose to be stewards. So we have these five areas, resources, creation, self, relationships, gospel. How are you doing? Are you a steward of all those areas or are there some areas that you kind of ignoring? I find in my life that, you know, like if, I, if I'm even aware of all five areas, I, I'm probably really good at three and, and really crappy in two. Just human nature. The psalmist says this, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And I wonder if sometimes the way we live, the way we act out 
our lives, the way we choose, the decisions that we make, if we inadvertently say in our heart, there is no God. I mean, I, I, I know why I have hypertension. Do you know how many quad shot lattes I've had in my life? Do you know how many quad shot lattes I've had in the same day? And then an energy drink? And, and how much salt I can consume? in a short period of time. I, I like My lunch is 150% of my daily intake alone. It's just my lunch. And believe me, I was eating breakfast and dinner. You could probably tell. I know, I, you, know, I, you know, when we're young, we, we have this perspective that, oh, that doesn't hurt me. That doesn't impact me. It impacts everybody else. I mean, even in our movies, you know, guys like, yeah, PTSD. I know it works on 8 billion other people. It doesn't work on this guy. And, and all the while, everybody's going, straight up has PTSD. We ignore our emotional health. We ignore our physical health. We don't pay attention to the environment. We don't, we don't pay attention to... Uh, our, our debt, it gets out of control. We, we hoard things instead of making sure that everybody has plenty. And in those acts, in those small acts, we're saying there's no God over that. But there is. And we should live like stewards. That's the call. So some implications. Number one, God is Lord of everything. Are you living that out in your life? Or like me, do you have some work to do? Are there some changes that need to be made? Because I could look at creation I could look at resources, I could look at myself, relationships, I could look at the gospel, and I could see areas where, where I've acted like I'm not, I don't have to steward that well. I'm not accountable on that particular thing. But I'm only fooling myself if I'm not stewarding my emotional health, my physical health, if I'm not stewarding my relationships, if I, if I think that I could just treat that person like that just because no one else is seeing it. I could say that to my kids. I'm the dad. I'm the biggest guy in the room. Take a flying kite. Are you living that out in every area of your life? Number two. Our outlook must shift to being God's stewards. It, it's just, it, it's repenting. It's, 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 I'm heading this way on the path and I turn around and go, yeah, that's, I was going the wrong direction. Rob had to repent of the way I was treating my body. Like I think I'm 16, I could just, eat and drink and do whatever I want. 
No, the body eventually goes, stop, or it just stops, or it just stops. Number three, when we fail to live within God's design, there are negative consequences. Not some of the times, guys. Every time. Sometimes we don't see it immediately. You know, uh, bad parenting is bad parenting. I got the report card that Shows that. Uh, health. I think I've hit that one hard. Uh, grateful that some of my buddies in the room that aren't even in the room today, but grateful that they said, hey, get your colonoscopy. Don't ignore that. It wasn't fun, but I had to deal with it. You put the wrong kind of fuel in your car, it's going to hurt it. You put the wrong oil within the engine block, it's going to hurt it. Maybe not immediately. Sometimes you'll get lucky. Uh, transmission fluid versus engine oil, that's, that's a fun one. You should try that out. Uh, diesel into... Uh, or unleaded in a diesel truck, that's fun too. Try that in Germany. Somehow, God designed things to work in a very particular way, and yet we live like it doesn't, that doesn't matter in my circumstances. But we're fooling ourselves when we live that way. Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. Mission Ridge is a church focused on relational discipleship and located in Missoula, Montana. If you are in the Missoula area, we would love to have you come and join us for worship. Service times, location, and all kinds of other fun stuff can be found on our website, missionridge.church. You can connect with Mission Ridge Church through Facebook or Instagram, so give us a like or follow. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at missionridge.church. We'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks for tuning in.